Pornhub. Pornhub. The Pornhub Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Pornhub Podcast. We finally have a male porn star on. He is the only black performer to ever win AVN Male Performer of the Year. Uh, we've had sex numerous times. He's a true renaissance man. He produces, he hosts his own shows, he fucks, he does it all. Everyone, welcome to the show, Lexington Steele. What's up, what's up? <laughs> Thank you so much for coming uh, on. No doubt. So, not to start off like so quite so heavy, but mm. you are the only black person to ever win AVN Male Performer of the Year. Yeah. Is that... I'm Japanese, mm. and I'm only the second woman to ever win Female Performer of the Year. So, like, the first was Asia Carrera. Yeah. So, like, I'm wondering for you, is that, is it even more of an honor to be the first and only, or is it, like, kind of a disappointment that well, there haven't been any others? I, well, well, first and foremost, definitely it's a disappointment that there has not been any others. Number one, I find it impossible that in the breadth of Shawn Michaels' career that he has not warranted um, a Male Performer of the Year award. That makes, it's nonsensical that he does not have or be the holder of at least one Male Performer of the Year award. I won the award 2000, 2002, and 2003. So more importantly, I'm the only American to have won it um, three times, unless, unless they gave it to... Um, oh, true. James Dean. Or, no, James or, Dean only got it twice. All right, what about um, Evan? You know, honestly, when Evan was winning, that was before my time. Yes, yeah, so I was right around my time. So I think Evan won it twice, and James won it twice, and that would leave me as the only. So as I'm, I, I, I feel more pride about being the only American to have won it three times. A mm-hmm. record. The record is still remains the record for American males. Um, is three, which is me. Mm-hmm. So in, in, in regards to being the only black person, yeah, I, you know, it's it's an honor. Um, a dubious one, at the least, from the standpoint that, um, like I said, there are others that perhaps would be as deserving. I do think um, within the, the last five to ten years, um, there's in no way should Prince Yashua have not won a male performer of the year award. there's a little part of all of us that every single year at the awards were surprised Prince wasn't where I think mm. there's always talk and a buzz right before the awards like oh this is going to be Prince's year yeah. like they have to give it to him at yeah. some point it gets kind of silly yeah. do you think it's I mean and then you know there's a, a lot of different theories that go on and like a lot of people are like well there simply aren't as many black performers mm-hmm. So, you know, ratio wise, um, you know, just like the same thing with Asian, there aren't nearly as many Asian women in porn Mm -hmm. as there are white women. So like for even one to win is actually a step up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, do you find truth in that or do you think it's more political? Well, 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 it's political, it's commercial. But first and foremost, let's bear in mind that over the last 10 to 20 years, certainly certainly enough in my tenure, which which includes which is this in my 20th year, you know, there's been a relative num- relative consistent ratio of black male to white male performers in the final nomination list. Whereas oh, okay. the same five, four to five, maybe three to four brothers that have been on the list, certainly in my last 20 years, are the same dudes all the time. Right. So the ratio of existing performers, uh, black male to, to white male in the industry on an active basis is not relevant in terms of the final list. Right. 
So it's, it's the not same dudes all over thing. It's not a numbers game. So it's the same because the cream rises to the top. Whether we have when I when I started winning my first one, my first of three, there really was only myself, Sean, Marcus, Jake Steed, um, you know, uh, Julian St. Jocks, uh, and maybe uh, Tony Everetti, uh, maybe you know, maybe a few other people. Um, but there was by 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 comparison, certainly less than there are now. Mm-hmm. But but what, oh, there are less black male performers no, there are now. More. There are more. There's certainly there's there's exponentially more um, mm-hmm. brothers than when I started. Um, you know, Marcus was around. You know, so we had a lot of the um, the people that are regarded as giants, and 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 <clears throat> I'm the only one that emerged with male performer years. Whereas if you look at th- the guys in the business now, there are very very few that would. That that will be equated to giants in in ten to fifteen years from now. So mm-hmm. you got to look at the fact that for those that warrant appreciation, like Prince, um, it's it's an, I, I literally I literally you know would you, fuck man if I could give Prince one if he would appreciate one of my male forms I would give it to him. But mm-hmm. they're so old because two thousand two thousand three. I mean that's ancient history to people. I had a girl tell me the other day that I was a young girl. She was like eighteen or nineteen. Mm-hmm. She said, "Oh Lex, you're pretty good at this." <laughs> I said, oh, why, thank you. Um, so how long have you been shooting? I've been shooting a little bit. You know, I've done a few. Wow, you, you're going to be pretty good. I've this done a few a, movies. I was like, word? I was like, yo, ask your mother who I am. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. And also, like, you know, when it comes to male performers, <laughs> I think, you know, there are more female stars in general yeah. in the industry yeah. compared to male stars. Yes. But those few male stars... I think you, mm. Mendingo, mm. James Dean, um, Rocco. Mm. I, I think the few that are the household names like yeah. you guys, it's almost like you're the bigger stars than us, I think. Like mm. when I get asked about porn stars, mm. it's usually about you guys. Mm. Um, mm. Have, you, have you worked with Lex? You know, like have you worked with Johnny Sins? It's mm. not really so much like, oh, have you worked with Lisa Ann? <laughs> Which you would right, think, right, right. you know? So I think that a lot of times like the household names are the men. Mm-hmm. And I've actually heard a rumor that I have no idea if this is true or not, that in the porn industry, the black men get paid more than the white men. Is mm. that true? Um, well, I don't, I, you know, quite honestly, I can't say that I know whether that's true or not. But what I can say is um, if they're at a certain point, and this is something I participated in myself mm-hmm. at a certain point, um, you know, there was a recognition that that we are being prom- certain guys, certain black guys in the industry were being promoted and marketed primarily on the size. And so what it was is at a certain point, a few of us said, hey, you know what, if you're going to market us on our size, we are going to use that as reason to have a market increase in our rate. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at the introduction of Jack Napier, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mandingo, and certainly enough, previous to both of them, you know, was Shawn Michaels, um, and Jake Steed, and then myself. Now, notice I, I left over a number of other names because they wouldn't qualify as BBC. Mm-hmm. But when Big you look at my pop. exactly, but when you look at the introduction of myself, Jack Napier, and Mandingo, we were the first three of the BBCs that began increasing our rate because we commiserate to our size because we knew you were marketing and promoting us on that and making additional monies. Mm-hmm. Whereas a number of series were based around me, i.e. The Impaler, which is one of the greatest mm-hmm. series in the history of pornography. And that was based solely on not necessarily Lex Steele, but what the women in that movie would do 
when they are encountered by Lex Steel. But in my mind, it was always a, the 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 presentation of the best platform for these girls to do their thing. On. Right. The girls are always the stars. But it was just a case where the brothers were like, well, look, if you're going to market me on this, well, I'm going to charge you a little bit more. Now, that may mean that by comparison, the fewer brothers that there are, if there are, if there are 10 brothers and seven of them qualify as BBC and can charge maybe $100 more, well, does that does that represent all the black guys? No. Okay. It represents those who are larger. Now, if you look at that comparatively to the white male performers who are larger, they also in turn charge more. And that That's is that is certainly enough um, on the same or commensurate to what you're seeing, black male to white male. The size thing is measurable, if you will, in dollars and cents. So rather than the black men get paid more than the white men or whatever, it's more the bigger the dick, the bigger the paycheck. Exactly, and that and that's the color. And it just green. so happens that the, the biggest cocks in porn. I mean, well, well, it's well, no well, secret. Well, it used to black. be that on average there might have been a greater number of 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 BB of, of big dick men who happened who happened to be black, but mm -hmm. now. You, I would say that that the size factor it no longer is beholden solely to the black male performer. We just have a reputation that's steeped and built upon not only years of deliverance of that, mm -hmm. but also decades of the stereotype, which is which is moved transmogrified from negative to positive. But certainly enough, in its negative origins, uh, we spent the greater the greater amount of time with it being a, a denigrating uh, uh, title at best. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting to me, like what a different world porn is for men and women. Yeah. It, like the more I learn about porn, the more I realize like we may as well have completely different jobs. <laughs> um, yeah. And hearing that from you makes me realize like being a woman of color, that's Asian, mm. Hispanic, black, um, any minority, mm. you know, I, I always say that being a minority like has, it guarantees me a certain amount of work in the industry mm. just because there's one, so few of us and two, there's a demand. Mm. Right. So it's like any Asian movie there is like, I'm going to be in it. Mm. So there I'm guaranteed a certain amount of work mm. just for being Asian. But at the same time, you know, when it comes to like who the industry wants to represent the whole porn world, mm. they're going to pick a white girl. Yeah. So it holds you back to a certain degree. Like, do you find that to be true for the men as well? Or does the size factor, completely like totally mm. skew that well you know um and, and and i will say as well you know um in regards to your sister with you being an asian woman um you know every every facet of 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 man um has an appreciation for 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 women of asian Asiatic descent, mm -hmm. which would include yourself mm -hmm. whereas black women uh, by way of comparison may not be favorited by a myriad of different types of, of races. You know, like global. Asian is more fetishized. It's not fetish. That's not a fetish thing. Everybody loves Asian women. It's not, it's not a fetish. <laughs> everybody loves, you know, like everybody well, loves Asian women. Everybody loves Latina women. Then maybe we're very sexualized. I, I, I don't, you know what? I'll let you call it. I know I, I like, I've, you know, how you and I, how our mm -hmm. scenes go. So, <laughs> so I don't, the question as to where, what I like, but, but, Back to um, the black thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you know, um, you, if it hasn't been an issue being sexualized or mm -hmm. commodified, if mm -hmm. you will. Um, no, because I think that um, I think that 
<clears throat> if you say to yourself, okay, and this is this is a flesh business, flesh peddling business. It, for women, if they have larger breasts, then they play. That is their calling card. Mm -hmm. If you have a bigger dick, that is that becomes your calling card. Now, it, like I said earlier, you know, in the beginning it was just black guys, and the, and the closest you had to a big dick white guy was John Holmes, formerly of yesteryear, and then you had the introduction of guys like Peter North. But Peter North, size-wise, didn't compare until Rocco came, and then Nacho. And then subsequent to those two came other guys like Steve Holmes, Chris Charming. Mm -hmm. Now you have Danny D. Um, you know, so so size is no, or the color I'm saying is no longer. Um, we don't own that. Right. But I'm saying if the individuals own it, yes, mm -hmm. they can use that as a calling card. Certainly, without question. If you look at the current male performer of the year, um, uh, Marcus Dupree, mm -hmm. and the two-time winner prior to him, uh, Mick Blue, mm -hmm. um, uh, the German descent, and uh, it was Mick Blue and Russian is is Marcus Dupree, and these guys are working with Thor's hammer. Mm -hmm. So as you know, as one can can see, it's visual. I mean, you know, hey, do uh, you think that almost like for a male? I'm wondering for a male porn star to be a household name like you guys. Mm. Is a big dick a requirement? No. To become a, a household name requires a certain amount of, of personality that is able to be um, um, that, that illuminated on camera. Mm -hmm. There has to be the allowance of one's personality to find a place to, 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 to blossom. So like a star quality yeah. in general. A star quality in general. But the problem being a male performer is... Um, it's only as of late that male performers are seen from the neck up. I came from an era where we were known as um, headless thrusting torsos, which what? meant really? the framing. Yeah, the framing and where I started, the framing was full body for the girl, but that only included us from the shoulder and to the knee area for a guy. Thusly, a thrusting headless torso. That was a male. What? So, so we, you know, so it was really. Do you find yourself getting more recognized now then? No, I, I've always been I've always been recognized, but I will tell you precisely what was different with me and mm -hmm. with, with guys like John Sagliano, who created Gonzo. Uh, we all owe a debt of, a debt of thanks to him mm -hmm. uh, for the creation of this genre. But what him and Rocco did, it brought the camera up to the male's face and it made the consumer comfortable with liking the guy as a personality as well. Mm -hmm. Always, you're never, you're never shorted the personality of the female. Mm -hmm. But the guy, you may not know the guy until he walks in the room. Now, in my case, Mike John, back in the day, if you will, formerly of Anabolic Video, Mike John Video, Mike John, he 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 shot me and the stuff, the early Anabolic stuff, where I was able to let my personality. Mm -hmm. And we would, let me tell you something, we would wild the fuck out, right? <laughs> what do you mean by that? Oh, my that? God, like, I, you know, like, people know that people know that I smoke, right? But right. here's the thing about it. I've been an executive since about 2003. So every time that I'm working, I have some executive connection to that production day in mm -hmm. general. So I can only get but so high. But between when I started in 98 and 2003, when I wasn't owning the media that I was performing in, I would get blasted. I would be lifted. <laughs> so I'm saying, I would be blasted. Fuck it. I, so Wait, I hold on. More than now? Oh, my God. But you are notorious for smoking yeah, yeah, the, the most yeah, weed. Yeah, but the thing about at, at no point am I to the point where my, my faculties are, je are, are, are jeopardized. People okay. think that they are. It's right. just I'm sharper than so many people. That even when I'm high, I'm, still, still, I'm still on the level. So right. They'll never know it. 
But when I, but before, yeah, like when I was just performing, so we would be, it would be, we had such a good time and things would be so funny. And Mike would shoot it. Mm-hmm. So the fan base between 98 and 2003 were being fed my personality. And I was fucking, I was a fool when I was high. Right. You're and just goofing around. And, you know what I'm saying? And, and so And Anabolic stuff, was known for shooting like really crazy shit. Oh, yeah. With hardcore, good stuff, good, great sex, great personality. What was the craziest you know? thing you did back in those days? Um, like, what was the craziest kind of scene? Like, I always hear rumors about like girls drinking goldfish and uh, throwing them up. Okay, and, I didn't do any of your NASA, my stuff was more like just the athletic stuff that, that I brought to the table in my mm-hmm. attempts to emulate my, my superhero, which is um, Rocco Freddie, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but the crazy thing I've done was I did a 12 on one reverse gangbang in 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 uh, Budapest, meaning 12 women, yeah. one male being yeah. you. One man enter, 12 women how, leave. No, <laughs> how how do you please 12 women? Right. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I was up to the task, but what happened was <laughs> the um, the I didn't know this was a case, and we didn't know until after. <clears throat> The Hungarians are the, are the top of the food chain in Europe. Okay. Then they're, then behind them are the um, the Czechs. Mm-hmm. Now the Czechs have a lower price point than Hungarians. Then came the Romanians who had a lower price point than the Czechs. Oh, so and by the, top of the food chain, you mean they get the highest rates? Right. Okay. And then after the Romanians enter the Poles who had a lower price point than the Romanians. So these is, girls, is there were, a reason for this? Yeah, well, it's just a matter of, of longevity in the business. Whereas, if you're the Hungarian, your country, Budapest, your city, has been a hub, right, globally for decades, right. Like so, Budapest is pretty much the valley that's of Europe, central in of Europe. all of Europe. Yeah, it's the hub. It's mm-hmm. the hub. There are other other satellites, whether it's Praha or, mm-hmm. or Paris. Or, or London, or, or, or Barcelona, or, mm-hmm. or Madrid, you know. You notice I got my accent start down point because I travel. <laughs> my passport is like fucking 10 pounds. But it's just a case that um, the girls separated. There was like like three girls per country. The girls separated in pods. Into their own countries. Into their own countries, yeah. And I didn't know it was supposed to be a big hodgepodge, big mash pit. Well, I suppose language is one factor, No, no, it right? wasn't that because we thought they were going to be cool. No one knew except the the except the your, the other Hungarian dudes that were there that were helping out that you know they were like yeah that's what actually is happening and we didn't know do they do so within those within that reverse gangbang yeah. are the girls or I guess within Europe are the women aware Hungarian girls get the most money oh, yeah, Romanians yeah, yeah. get the second I mean you can and aspire it's just, you can aspire to get the rate of the Hungarian and you can right it's just that historically it's just is what it yeah, is yeah it is what it is because I mean like if you, you the Hungarians have been hosting production you, for so long and wait mm-hmm. what it is is the Hungarians knew from the very beginning from the rudiments that their prices need to be commensurate to the American prices because if Americans came to shoot in, in Budapest they were like well what are your girls getting paid over the, back home and when we say they're paid this then the Hungarians are like well then we want our girls to get that as well right no other country picked up you on that. you speak so frankly about like things like race and nationality and like, Oh, the Hungarians get the most the Romanians get the second, mm. you know? And I find myself doing that as well. Mm. And then I go out into the real world and I say things like that. And people are like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Uh, like, uh, hold on a sec. You uh, can't talk like that. Mm. But like, I think porn views race 
in such a different way. And it's not just race. I think race gets highlighted because it's, you know, a, a real issue in the real world, mm. whereas like big boobs aren't. <laughs> but like <laughs> but like in porn, it's not just race. It's like like you said, if you're the girl with big boobs, you're the girl with big boobs. It's like everyone's a search term. Mm. And it's everyone, we ourselves objectify each other yeah. as like what our values are. Mm. Like, is that, that's so specific to porn. And like, do you think that came from, that came from internet search? L like what, or did we make that a thing? Mm. I think that the industry made that a thing because you have to have reason to sell a product to a consumer. Mm -hmm. And you actually also have to recreate to reinvigorate mm -hmm. your consumer over time. So if you're selling the same stuff every time again, your consumer's gonna grow tired of that. So then you have to say, okay, well, now I have this and that. Right. Next, I have this, that, and like this. Like big titted stepsisters. No, no, no. Oh. Like we have big tits. Now the next girl has big tits and a big ass. Right. Now the next girl's got a big tits, big ass, and Harry Bush. Okay. Now the next girl's got big ass, Harry tits. Big tits, big ass, Harry Bush, and red hair. It's like a game of memory. Right. <laughs> and squirts. Right. So there's a number of reasons, micro, micro designations that have been created that have, have been why these things happen. And it's and, always been around and, before and, the and, internet. And there's always, in, in, a, in a world, in a capitalist society, you always have to have reason to create an other because mm -hmm. you have to create an other in order to, to, to assign value for better or worse to one thing versus another. Mm -hmm. So if you look at John Holmes, um, not only was he distinguishable by the size of his dick compared to his cohorts, compared to his counterparts, but um, that was made a, a, a commercially viable aspect. Mm -hmm. You can look at his dick and say it's bigger than the other, but he, if they're still being paid the same, then is it really differential? Mm -hmm. It's only differential when you identify one as, as commercially more viable than other, and valuable being the operative word. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think, I think there's definitely, um, I don't want to say a group of people, but like, there's definitely companies in porn that I think are striving to like blur those lines and like be like everyone's the same or like we don't we don't categorize our porn like that. We just shoot beautiful sex, which is cool. I think that's its own brand too. Um I personally am not offended at all. Maybe it's by years of being jaded in porn or maybe I just think we all objectify each other anyway and like we like what we like. Do you do you see that? Do you see porn going in the direction of like we blur those lines and mm. we just become, we just shoot beautiful sex? Or do you think we'll always have those categories redhead, blonde, mm. uh, big dick, big boobs, okay. et cetera? I think that is imperative that this industry uh, remain one that, that provides specifications. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you um, get to the point where, uh, you know, there's a, a, a pseudo misogynistic. Um, type of, of result, mm -hmm. then you're going to have the, the the subsequent devaluation of certain aspects of American culture. Where if you look at if porno reflects society in general, mm -hmm. and if you look at the, dis the historic disenfranchisement of people of color, the industry would then reflect that. Mm -hmm. And so then by that happening, you would have fewer and fewer ethnic people of merit and of of weight and 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 value to the industry so you think highlighting 
our differences is what keeps us there. Highlighting the differences is integral to the maintenance of, of the ethnic performer's commercial viability. Mm -hmm. Because if not, if not for that, then you're looking at a greater number of, 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 of Anglo-descendant persons mm -hmm. that populate the industry. Mm -hmm. And it's by sheer number. Mm -hmm. that beautiful sex thing becomes an all-white affair because if you're looking at the sheer numbers, right. it may be scene after scene after scene after scene before you Just arrive white on white. before you arrive at the inclusion mm -hmm. of a person of color. And not necessarily by on purpose but just by right. by definition. It's just the way it'll go. Mm -hmm. Like what do you say to the person that says using terms like BBC mm. promotes racism? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I think that um, you know, um, uh, big black cock is in no way de a demonstrative um, term. It neither does it serve to denigrate. Mm -hmm. Big it connotes its size. Black is a, is an adjective of description, which, in my opinion, is in no way negative. Mm -hmm. I am black, mm -hmm. and it is a cock. Mm -hmm. So it happens. <laughs> so to it's be. facts. This is facts. I, it is. I'm with you a hundred percent, and I think. You know, the world is in such a weird and sensitive place mm. right now. It really is. And I think yeah. a lot of it, yeah, it needs to happen in that extreme so that we can get to a place where, like, we reach, you know, a more equal type of place. But also, like, I get asked a lot, like, like, don't you, f aren't you offended when um, your, your Asian descent is fetishized? And honestly, like, I'm, I'm like, it's, I'm flattered by it. <laughs> Like, I'm not at all offended because mm. everything, every scene I've done that's, like, Asian-themed, mm. I've seen as a celebration of yeah. Asian culture rather than degrading. If I feel like it's degrading, if it's making fun of an Asian accent, mm. if, you know, like, um, they, like, tape my eyes up or something, mm. I'm not going to take that scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think I'm definitely with you on that. Mm. Like, if something feels like a celebration or just facts, mm. I don't see that as racist. But um, so I want to get kind of into your story. Mm. Um, you have a really different background mm -hmm. compared to most people in porn. Yeah. Um, you actually started on Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. So can we talk about that? Like, how how does one go from Wall Street? Oh yeah. <laughs> to, did you grow up in New York? No. Well, I'm I'm from New Jersey. Mm -hmm. So from the tri-state area. Um, grew up in a town that's about 25 due 25 miles due west of Manhattan in mm -hmm. New Jersey, and um, you know. I had a, you know, Brady Bunch, Cosby Kid type of, of, of lifestyle as a kid. What does um, that mean? Like total suburbia? Total or? suburbia, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I didn't have the, my family didn't have the money of the Cosbys per se, but mm -hmm. uh, we had the family dynamic of your nuclear family. Right. I have an older sister. Both my parents were in the household from day one. I never mm -hmm. had, I never was out both my parents. We literally ate dinner at 5 o'clock, 5.30 every day for the first 18 years of my life before I went to college. And, mm -hmm. and, and you know, so, so... Like most people would consider that an extremely fortunate childhood. Oh like the God. white yeah, picket I, fence. I, you know what I'm saying? I have the fondest of memories. Mm -hmm. um, I you know, went to college. Um, you know, out of college, I, I, I got into finance. And what happened was the broker that, that trained me, um, I, who I worked for... Once I became licensed, he invited me to a party, and those guys party hard. Like you know, not necessarily with drug use as well, but it's just what they do is partying hard. People can drink and do coke and think they're partying hard, but but it, it, it pales. If you're not doing shit, then you ain't doing shit. Right. These motherfuckers 
drink, doing shit. did coke, and did shit. Like, what's, sh- what's doing oh shit? Like, okay, 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 here's one, boom. So, say, so, say a guy has a good month, right, or a okay. good day. He will literally, I, I've, seen, I've seen guys lease or rent fleets of exotic sports cars for his team and on a Friday. And they would drive out to, drive up to gamble up in Connecticut. So on a Friday, if you would see a f- five to six Lamborghinis and Ferraris uh, outside of um, outside of uh, J.P. Morgan's building, which is right next to where they were, Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. and I was at M.S. Farrell right across the street at 67 Wall Street, you would see a lineup of five or six exotics, what? and it would be because it would be because because uh, Jordan's company had a good day. You knew something happened because it was all Jordan's company. Do you know the guys from Wolf of Wall Street? I, I knew their firm. They're wow. right across the street. Their, their Wall Street branch was literally across the street from where I worked my first three years. Right. Now, now where I worked my last three years, I was much more white bread my last three years in the business, you know, than I was my first three years. And and so you would go to, like, sex parties? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, like, so what do you mean by parties? Like, okay, that's the one thing. That was just to be the cars. They would come back on Monday. They would rent yachts. These are these are young dudes, right? That, young as in men. like in their twenties. Young like as in between twenty five and thirty five, twenty five and forty. And why do they act so crazy? Because of the coke? Well, no, no, no. Because the money was would, like the money would flow in like like water. Is that just what happens when you mix money, um, men, and cocaine? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 here's the. I Matt. mean, were there ever women at these? Oh yeah, Depends. yeah. Because some of the women, there were women that had balls as big as um, as anybody. I mean, <laughs> right. you know, the you know, it's like the whole mentality is one of the the proverbial term is um, masters of the universe. Mm-hmm. Now these guys that I worked amongst, my managing directors, were literally the definition of that. And this is not a term that I've coined. Mm-hmm. This is a term coined by white men talking about themselves. Masters and of the universe. Yeah, and these were the motherfuckers who were the masters of the universe. Because I remember. Wait, don't you have to be like an extreme egomaniac to be able to say something like that about yourself? Well, no. If you're if you're if you're a white Anglo-Saxon male, it's not ego. It's not egotistical to say that. It's 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 that is the way that you are groomed. Right. It is your pedigree to feel that way. Mm-hmm. So for them to identify themselves as that would not be egomaniac. It would not be egomaniacal. It's to just be a big swinging dick. Fact. This <laughs> is fact, but to be a big swinging dick is was also what one could hope to aspire to. Because mm-hmm. you didn't have to be a master of the universe. That was saved for a select few. Mm-hmm. And Anglo Saxons do deem that for them. So I didn't make that word those that term mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm. The big swinging dick, you didn't have to be male, female, black, white, or you were mm-hmm. just had to be good. Me personally, I was a working stiff. I mean, where whereby I was <clears throat> I was good enough that um, I maintained my job for six years. Mm-hmm. I didn't cheat anybody. So having not cheated anybody, I didn't maybe make as much money as I could have. But do also, you think most people do in that Oh, world? my God. Well, let me say it like this. When I was a broker, it really wasn't so much about cheating. Mm-hmm. It was about how much you force your advantages on your potential customers. Whereas I could tell you I'm accessing information that you have no idea, no way to access. Mm-hmm. And by the time you find out about it, it's Friday at 5 o'clock. You're going to find out about it Tuesday afternoon when your broker is reading it in his Tuesday afternoon paper. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you about you on this Friday at my end of day. 
Uh, so it's so, five o'clock on a Friday. I, I'm in LA. I should be in the beach right now. I'm on the phone with you. Right. You got to buy this now because I'm looking at information that you're not going to get for four but, days. And and when you're told that you're, when you're told by your broker that yeah. they have that information, is it true? Oh my God, it was true. It was true. Yeah, because here's but the isn't that insider trading? No, nah, let me tell you something. <laughs> See, we had a thing called a Bloomberg machine, and a Bloomberg machine was. A machine is a computer machine that uh, that that was a, a financial industry only informational outlet. Mm -hmm. So if you were in the in the financial industry, the all the news all on the wires, so to speak, went through Bloomberg. So some firms had Bloomberg, some did not. If you were not in Manhattan or Long Island, um, um, or Chicago or Boston, so you, you have to be, or else it's a huge disadvantage. Yeah, a huge That's disadvantage. That's so unfair. That's a hey, this is a world of, of power. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know why not. I'm surprised now, that. Now, now the that problem is, the world is, that, is grimy. Like now, I don't know how those guys make money now because mm -hmm. the same information I speak of with the Bloomer machine is now accessible immediately by anyone in real time. Now I don't know how those oh, guys do like it. Oh, by like me. Yeah, like literally, oh, okay. I could say something to you, and you could be like, "No, it's not." Right. And I can be like, look, I see. I said, like, "No, it's not." I'm looking, Alex. I'm looking right at it. Right, right. And I'd right. be like, "I'm looking at. We're, we're both looking at the same thing." And I can't refute what you're saying because right. you're looking at it in real time. So what? What? Back to how you got started in mm -hmm. porn. Like what? How? Why okay. did you leave that world and right. come into this? So one? what happened is, so I get licensed, and then once I'm licensed, I'm invited into the fold, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um. So I was invited to my first real broker party, and that meant that money was flowing, alcohol was flowing, a lot of, you know, recreational activities. Mm -hmm. But it was a gangbang. What? It was eighteen on one gangbang, sex party. But it was only one chick, and everybody in the firm was there fucking her. You know, like in a, in a gangbang. And so wait, wait, I, wait, 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 uh, wait, wait, wait. Before you move forward, who is this woman? And like, is she, is she was uh, a swinger from New, from New York? And her her boyfriend was the guy that made it made the party possible. Okay. And so they're just was, swingers. The, the couple I've, was, but the group of guys there were all brokers from from the street. I've always wondered, like, for me, I love gangbangs, mm. and to, if I'm so thankful that porn has given me the safe space <laughs> to like explore things like that, and I always say, because where am I going to find a gangbang in real life on Craigslist? Yeah. So like. <laughs> no. I guess all I have to do is walk to Wall Street and, Yo, like, so. and hold up a sign. Yeah, that just happened to be my first, you know, Wait, so you party. participated in that gangbang? Yeah. And so the guy that whose woman it was, he said, hey, you know, have you ever thought about um, doing any, any adult stuff? And um, I said, no. I said, were they involved in the porn industry? No, they were swingers. Okay. And so he introduced me to a photographer in New York, and then that and then I did magazines. And, and they, at that time, and was the porn industry still in New York at all? No, no, not at all. It was okay. in, in New York. Primarily, was gay hardcore. Okay, but it I was mean, I would say that's still the same. Yeah, but it was a center for hardcore magazines mm -hmm. was Manhattan. So I shot several black magazines, um, softcore and hardcore. And, and were then, you just a natural good performer right off mm, the bat? Well, yeah, yeah, I was, and I'll tell you why. And, and I don't mean that in both. Uh, let me explain. Before I started doing magazines, when 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 I after that subsequent that or that gangbang, I started I joined up with this group called the Gentle Giants, and we would travel up and down the Eastern Seaboard doing hosting swinger parties. What what? So it'd be five or six brothers with big dicks. Wait 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 hold on. This is prior to Wall this, Street. No, this or is during Wall since, Street. Since, during Wall Street. So during my couple of years of Wall Street, I was literally doing shit on the weekends that you wouldn't believe. Wait hold on. 
so you've been a you're a swinger yeah correct and yep. you've been a swinger that long since i yeah since 90 95 and hold on i want to pause like uh, this for a second just because i want to talk about the swinging thing like how do you find out you're a swinger because it's almost a sexual orientation right like i mean okay like by definition a swinger is uh, what i mean how do you even define it well i would say the, the definition of a swinger would be um one that enjoys um poly amorous behavior whereas mm -hmm. you don't feel that ex having sexual activity with someone other than your spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend is gonna cause a separation does not cause a separation by definition does a swinger have to be with a partner or can you be a single swinger you can be a single swinger um you're less likely to enjoy the the full fun that you can have mm -hmm. because you're limited to being either an exhibitionist mm -hmm. um or a voyeur mm -hmm. but of course you can be a tool what and let people use you as a toy okay um but i would say the best way to be a swinger is if you're in a, in a couple a couple and it doesn't have to be committed but just swing as a couple have you ever been in a monogamous relationship i've always been in monogamous relationships off camp like any any, any relationship i've been in um in my personal life has always been monogamous wait so like without swinging Mm, or you're some, considering swinging no, as like, part okay, of monogamy I, i've been lucky enough to since i've been in california as Lexington Seal, I've had a number of relationships that that were some were were monogamous, some included. Most of them were swingers because the girls were already swingers. Okay. Like I didn't introduce it to anybody in particular. The girl that the one girl I was involved for at length, she wasn't into it, and we didn't get into it. I didn't, you know. But the others were already swingers before I met them. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. So. So. Sorry. Uh, thanks for that little detour. <laughs> now back to your story. So you started shooting some magazines in yep. New York, and then how does that evolve into you uh, moving to LA? So and all this? there was a dude that's like, okay, you should do video, and then so I said, okay, well, how do I get started? So there was a producer in the Bronx, um, and so I brought him and his a wife. Producer in the Bronx. Up oh in my the Bronx God, I cannot fresh, imagine you know. shooting a porno in the Bronx. Yo, let me tell you something. <laughs> Not for nothing. Okay, you ever see that documentary, <laughs> Hookers at the Point, yes. on HBO? Yes. Okay, literally, <laughs> no. okay, the point is this, uh, this place up in the Bronx called, and it's called The Wedge, Al's Wedge. Now, The Wedge of Al's Wedge is actually the point in Hookers at the Point. Oh, it's the point. The point is Al's Wedge. In Does that, it still exist? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's still hookers there. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. still what it, it was. So in the some of the girls that are inside of Al's Wedge, you know, <laughs> might have been. So it's just long story short, it's like that the owner, the co-owner of Al's Wedge, um, is where I went, is who I went to see, mm -hmm. and I had the magazines, and I showed him and his wife, who was his co-producer, um, that I could do this on for still camera, and I could do hardcore mm -hmm. stills. And because, at this point, are you still working? As a oh broker? yeah, oh yeah. I was I, I I worked as broker all the way up until the time I left. Um, so you were just like, I'm gonna moonlight as a porn star. Yeah, <laughs> because guy, remember, guy, remember, this is this is '98. No, yeah, no, this is pre '98. This is '94. Pardon me. <coughs> through um, through '98. Okay. '93 through '98. 
So over those five years, that wasn't a time when the internet was something, you know, the online, you know, community wasn't such that people were able to live your life in real time or mm -hmm. vicariously live through you in real time. Mm -hmm. You know, people didn't know. There was no access. Yeah. People right. wouldn't know that I started doing magazine unless you saw the literal magazine. Mm -hmm. Whereas now, no, you now, if you do the magazine, it's not only a magazine form, but it's online as well. There's no escaping. Mm -hmm. You know, but for me, I was able. I knew that if. So, so long story short, I started shooting for for a Caesar video. Um, we did about two years, and I really cut my teeth working with them. So by the time I got to LA in '98, I knew I could do, I could do it. And in the beginning of your career, like when I get to set and I hear it's with a new guy. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty bummed out. Mm. Like to me, if a guy hasn't been in porn for like, honestly, like 10 years plus, I'm like, is he even worth my time? Uh. <laughs> but like, <laughs> no, I, I mean, that sounds really mean, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's a lot of learning. I think a guy needs to do before he's really good at porn. And there's a lot of humbling he needs. I think yeah. it, nothing's worse than seeing that guy who's been in for the industry for two years. And he's like, ah, I've never failed a scene. Yeah. Like, you know, I have the best dick, whatever. It's like, fuck you. Like yeah. see you in 20 years and then we'll yeah. see what you're saying. But like for you, like, were you good at it right away? Like, did you fail a lot of scenes before you mm. succeeded or like, did that swinging background kind of oh, give yeah. you a different edge? Well, I would say that without question, all the experience I did, from doing the swinger parties with the mm -hmm. gentle giants and then working with Caesar video, all this up between 93 and 98 prepared me for being in the major leagues. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so not that I, not that I had started out being the best in the world. It's just, I was able to hit the ground running in a mm -hmm. way that maybe other people didn't have the same opportunity because I had been doing it on video. Like give you the first example, when I was shooting for the Gentle Giants in, in 94, right out of college, we started, you know, traveling. Um, the husbands of these at these swinger parties had those big VHS cameras, and everybody was shooting it for their own. Oh, okay. Their for own their own entertainment. Yeah. Were so, all the Gentle Giants black? Yep. Okay. There was only like five of us, but okay. all the parties, they were all interracial parties. Where Are you still in touch with them? Uh, maybe one or two of the guys I, I, could, I could be in touch with. If yeah. I, if, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like you have access to yeah. them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But but it was always these you know groups of white couples that just enjoyed mm -hmm. having interracial sex parties and and so they were shooting it. Why do you think? What do you think it is when white men, white men that like to get cuckolded, mm -hmm. love when it's by a black guy? Mm -hmm. What's up with that? Well, I, you know I think if you go all the way back to the um, the origins of cuckolding. Uh, the actual origins are in, in ancient um, Egyptian in origin. Whoa. And yeah, and, and interestingly enough, um, part of the origins were what we would call a reverse cuckold, where it was it, it would be different. Where <clears throat> um, in certain aspects of cuckolding, then included women wanting to watch their man fuck another woman. Okay. And so now in in the in in, in well, it's the way it's happening now mm -hmm. in the intonation that we have nowadays it's 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 you know gotten to the point where it's almost by definition the man know, getting the, cheated on yeah getting cheated on or, in fact you know. i would go as far as to say like if anything this is the reverse cuckold then what we're in what we're living right now is the reverse cuckold it is like the if the original well, one yeah, was the, the and, woman and, getting cheated yeah, on well that yeah that's but that's going back thousands of years i'm just right. taking people back way because like the cuckold thing didn't 
originate with the slave, you know, with the Americans, with the, the peculiar institution. So it has nothing to do with slavery. Oh, yeah, or... it does. It has all to do with it. But I'm oh, saying okay. the origins of cuckolding mm-hmm. predate the peculiar institution, mm-hmm. that being the, 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 the term that is ascribed to the American institution of slavery, mm-hmm. which is different than other in, uh, um, other other types of slavery mm-hmm. in the history of world history. But um, in, in terms of what we see as American cuckolding, um, yeah, it's steeped and solely based on slavery, whereas it's not so much of... Um, but is it white guilt? Is that no, what it is? No, no, I don't think... Like, it's certainly that's not white guilt because... And this is interesting, the dynamic I'll explain to you. It's not white guilt because, number one, you have, you have an understanding, a collective mm-hmm. understanding that it is okay for the white woman to be fascinated by the black dick. Okay. So now it's understood between the white couple that it's cool that you desire black dick. But what's interesting and what is on the low low and what is a psychological aspect that has yet to be defined mm-hmm. and or or studied is the fact that it is a penis worship and a penis envy exercise that is for the male mm-hmm. in said relationship mm-hmm. and or uh, association. And many people would argue that. And I would challenge anyone to argue with me on that that has anything less than a PhD. Mm-hmm. Because it would take a PhD to explain it to most people as to why um, I'm accurate with this statement. Because by experience, I will tell you, and I'm not talking about the cuckolding you see on video, because mm-hmm. that shit is fake. Mm-hmm. I've been in cuckold situations, right? Like IRL cuckold situations. So and I know when a motherfucker is, I know when a motherfucker's hard on is for his wife. For the situation or for me. Right. And in most of those cuckold situations, that motherfucker is salivating at my dick. And, okay. Not, is, at, the, not at the situation. Right. But literally. Your that penis. That the phallus that is before them and their at closet At that point, desire. is the woman the tool to getting to your penis, if that makes sense? No. The term beard is a term that was coined no, no, to protect. No, no, no. what I'm saying is the mm-hmm. woman is, in fact, the beard because she is able to mask like a beard, the fact that it's the guy that really wants to get to gain relative access. Now, at, but relative that's what access, I mean. Is is she the means to getting to your dick? Well, yeah. Without and, and, being gay. Well, well yeah. And, and, and the thing about it is, in most cases, because these cuckold relationships are heterosexual, mm-hmm. and and one would say, ah, oh, there's nothing homosexual about it. If the the relative proximity mm-hmm. of it is what makes it dubious. See How do saying? you mean? Well, like like. I could watch from across the room a, a live sex act. I don't need to be up on a motherfucker. Right. I don't need to be. I don't have to have my face right next to the guy penetrating my, right. my woman. You know. So when and I you're get, saying a lot of them, that is what they like. Oh my god! I'm saying what happens in the real world, mm-hmm. not on video. So so people listening, I'm not talking about what you see on video. I'm talking about what happens out there. Mm-hmm. These people want to get so up on you, not because they think it's hot, but because they actually want to do the same thing their wife is doing. Okay. I could tell you a story. So they're living vicariously through their wife. In that circumstance, yes. And is it a situation where, like, they just can't bring themselves to do a gay act? And so that's as close as they can get? You know, some cannot contain themselves. Mm -hmm. Some will, will reach out and hope that there's no response. Some will hold their hold their horses, and 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 you could tell that they're literally um, chomping at the bit <laughs> for lack of a better. <laughs> do you think? So it's almost like, do you think if it weren't like one day in the world when we're we don't, you know, there's no stigma against homosexuality, mm. 
will like the cuckold fetish cease to exist? Um, nah, because you know the 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 the, the see. <clears throat> I hasten to use the word homosexuality versus bisexuality because no, I think, you're you right. Know, you know, you're right. Yeah, if there are elements of bisexuality in in men of different types of races, it happens. We're all men. We're all no. Human. You're right. And men yeah. men in the world today are not afforded the luxury of being of bisexual, bisexual yeah, yeah, at all. Yeah. Like you're either straight or gay, yeah. and it's very rare that a man can comfortably say he's bisexual and have yeah. people believe him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like if you, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and I can't speak for the bisexual because I am not, I'm fully heterosexual, but, um, you know, um, so. yeah. Do you, do you think you've always, so right after college, you're in mm. this swinging group, like what, have you always been like a really sexual person? No, as a matter of fact, I would say that I haven't, you know, overly sexualized, um, because I don't think I've definitely haven't been an outlier in any way. Um, you know, I was one of the late bloomers in getting two sex, whereas, you know, I didn't have sex until Ju- uh, May of my graduating <laughs> year of high school. The <laughs> I do, yeah, because you know, when you graduate, uh, who remembers the month they lost their Yo, virginity? I remember the date. It was like May sixteenth, nineteen eighty-seven. You're coming up on your anniversary. Then. No, no, no. Because let me tell you something. Okay, first of all, like I was the last of the cool kids in my high school to literally have sex. So if you're graduating high school in June mm-hmm. and it's okay, May, so it was very memorable. You're counting to you. the days, like damn. Well, what kind of kid were you? Me. Like, were you very shy or no? Well, first of all, I wasn't consider I wasn't good looking uh, at that point. Um, Number one, number two. Um, looking back on it, I didn't know whether my size played a factor. Did you know you had a big dick? Hmm? Did you know you had no, a big dick? No, I did dick? not know I had a big dick because I remember um, when I started looking at magazines and watching porno as a child. All those guys were much larger than right. me anyway, and I'd only seen myself, so mm-hmm. I couldn't comparatively speak on it. So I didn't really find out, you know, that I had a big dick till I got to college. But now I look back on it as maybe the reason why I was not having intercourse where the girls touched my dick and were like, oh, hell like, no. Like, goodbye. Yeah. Maybe they played it off like, oh, you know, I'm virgin. I can't Wait, do does it. that ever happen to you now? What? <laughs> like. Oh, girls backing away? Yeah. Um, no, nah, because I deal with women now. <laughs> <laughs> women so man, only. Women, you know what I'm saying? I, don't, I mean, I don't even like, I'm sure. I'm sure there are women in the industry who would say, I, I don't work with Lex. Nah, I mean, I'm nah, sure nah, that's nah, a nah. thing. Because no? Nah, nah. I think... I think the, or does the novelty of working with you kind of win that out? No, 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 no. I think that people are comfortable doing a boy-girl. I think if a girl has to do anal, generally a girl that has not done anal mm-hmm. would choose to not work with me. Well, but yeah. if a girl does anal, she's probably worked with somebody. I'm not the largest largest guy in the business there are several guys who are larger than me it's just i'm very good at my use of of what i have so Mm -hmm. that is distinguishable but there are other guys that are larger than myself Mm -hmm. so i think that is a case if a girl is doing anal that she might have reservations do you like anal no no i i I feel like i remember that about like it's not your favorite thing thing. i don't i i I think i had anal sex i think i put my dick in a girl's ass once off camera off camera in my life that's Only because, so interesting. Because off camera on a recreational level, the women are not necessarily inclined to say, hey, 
I want to make sure that my anal cavity is clean of all mm-hmm. debris. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where if you want the spontaneity that comes in, in real life, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily, you know. Right. All the best for anal. Right, <laughs> right, right. You just went to, you know, you know. Do you have any no's in porn? Like, are there things you don't yeah, do? Yeah, man. I, do you I, DP? What? Do you DP? Yeah. I, I mean, well, I, I mean. Another thing I never do in my personal life. <laughs> I have in my own productions. Rarely do I have DPs because because my size mm-hmm. and my weight. I'm generally the person that has to anchor and be, that is beyond. I the cannot bottom. imagine you not being anchor. Like, Let me tell you something. <laughs> no, back in the anabolic days when we when everybody was anchor man. is by the way for anyone who doesn't know it's the guy on the very bottom of a DP yeah. and See, it's the hardest job in porn yeah. I think. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, forget about it. You know, but I'll say my I was reared. <laughs> pardon that pun, <laughs> but I was <laughs> I was honed like steel by the anabolic video and diabolic video. We were doing you're put through vertical the DPs, mm-hmm. horizontal DP, you name it, triple penetrations. Also, the people are doing today. You know, we were doing. It's nothing's been recreated. It's just being repackaged. Well, that's everything, you know, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. even movies, like mainstream so. movies, and so. What's your What's your favorite sexual act? My favorite would have to be um, doggy position. Really? Yeah. I mean, even above like. Is it because you're up. an ass guy? No, nah, I mean, well, well, here's the thing, Matt. Um, a woman can have breasts. Mm-hmm. A woman can have. Um, a beautiful vulva. A woman can have uh, beautiful nipples. She can have a beautiful face. She may not have any of those things. But 90%, if not more so, if you put a woman in a doggy position where her shoulders and head are below her her hip and waistline, mm-hmm. which is an elevated position, from the doggy... So with her posi- chest on, on the floor, on, her ass up. Yeah. Face be, down, ass up. Certainly enough. Now, from behind... This the the design of one's body will yield a of upside down heart shape. Okay. That that waist to hip ratio is 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 biomanufactured to be simulating to my brain. Okay. Because it's one of the the identifiable attributes of the construction of a woman's body. Mm-hmm. Certain dynamics are mathematically made to turn me on. So and for you, you, visually, oh, men are all visual. And when you put a woman in that, most women in that position, right? Anyone has has a waist. Her if she's not exorbitantly overweight, yeah. her waist is going to be dramatically. But even then, and even then, it's yeah. still going to be dramatically That's so funny. less than her hips. I totally thought you were going to say missionary, because like to no. me, like. I mean, obviously, I'm sure you're a very different performer with every mm-hmm. single person you work with, blah, blah, blah. But, like, to me, you're the kind of performer, like, that really connects. And, like, you're a lover. Uh-uh. So I would have thought missionary. Nah, But nah. I guess you learn something new every nah. day. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I, um, because, you know, you're not guar- that's not guaranteed. Okay, here's the thing. A woman, most women are shaved. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, a shaved vagina is not biomechanically hardwired into my brain to give me a heart on. You know, a I don't bush like, is. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of the bald vaginas. Yeah. It looks so alien to me. Well, it, it looks it looks it looks and young. childish. It looks you know, yeah. perhaps But don't you know, think bald is bald is so last season to me. I think I bush is so. back. I, I, look, let me tell you something. You know, 
you know, like back in the day, man, and, and well, people, I won't say back in the day because not everybody can, can, can connect to back in the day because a lot of people are not of that demographic. But if, if, you, if you understand that there are certain things that, that the grand designer, the great designer made specifically to, to work in your favor, mm -hmm. that includes certain things as um, pussy hair. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and not only because on visually you look at pussy hair and you're like, ooh, wow. You know, it means woman. It mm -hmm. means mature growth. This is seasoned, mm -hmm. fertile. It's no longer pedof. It's no longer. Right. It's not a pedof. Right. Only the, I mean, like the pubic hair know. signifies like this is a Maturity, woman that's ready yeah. to have sex. But here's the thing about it: if you were to put your rest your face into her bush, and you absorb the pheromones that are absorbed and maintained in that pubic hair. Mm -hmm. And then you gain the essence of that woman's vulva. Mm -hmm. That shit will hardwire directly mainline to a point in your brain that will say, hey, guys, it's time to get a hard on. Right. Whereas if you do not have that hair, you have to assume mm -hmm. that that vulva is old enough for me to put my old ass dick inside of <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, I love that though I mean I'm not a fan of like full on bush but I do like hair like I just don't I like, like safari, bald man, I don't but like what, the way you just <laughs> described that like is so like like that's why I like a male performer that has been in for a while mm. because to me that's like a true perv yeah. like true pervs like a woman for what a woman is yeah you know you see yeah. a lot of these young boys and they're like oh I don't fuck a girl unless her pussy's totally shaved and like it's it's just it's so I think same with the Europeans like they're so pervy they love a woman for oh everything God. a woman yeah. is that's why Manuel Ferrara is, is perhaps perhaps Second only to Rocco, Manuel may be the greatest performer in the history of adult video because his performances are so visceral that everyone can can look and and look at his performance and say, now that is how if I am performing optimally at my best, mm -hmm. I would want to be in like my fantasy. In my fantasy, I want to be as good mm -hmm. as him, mm -hmm. and that's because he is he's totally abandoned himself to to what is visceral mm -hmm. and he allows himself to be guided it feels by that primal yeah. I, I think like i think all the good male performers you come out of it feeling like that was like some animalistic yeah. shit well, well that's the matter because most of the good male performers understand that if you can find something in any woman that turns you you got to be able to find something in a woman that turns you on enough mm -hmm. to turn you on enough to do a great performance like a woman can have a big booty um and that might be all that really attracts me. So mm -hmm. I need to be able to get a, a, a raging heart on based solely on the appreciation mm -hmm. for her booty. Mm -hmm. you know? Do you feel like, I think maybe you have a really unique perspective on this because of like your swinging background. Mm -hmm. But like, do you feel like, it, for you, is porn sex very different from real life sex? Or like sex with your wife? Or mm, I, I think porn sex is, is 180 degrees different than real sex because... In porn sex, you have to bear in mind, um, while the girl that I'm working with, she may be, she may like me, or she may be physically able to work with me because I am attractive enough mm -hmm. that she'll work with me. But she's not working with me because she likes me. She's there for one, the creation of a commercially viable product mm -hmm. and we are the participants in the manufacturing thereof like the fact that she likes you is secondary at it's best. secondary i i know for a fact mm -hmm. and i learned very early on that 
save for the fact that um, I might be mildly attracted to a woman, she's only there because I, I, I'm easily replaceable. Mm -hmm. Because you, as a male performer, you need to understand that the dynamic is such that you, as a male performer, are the first to be re easily replaceable. Mm -hmm. So once you understand that, then you understand that, look, you know what? She, you know, she has to be here. You don't, as mm -hmm. a guy. She's got to be here as a guy. You don't, you don't have to be there as a guy. She does, does that... Does that and that obviously changes the sex? I oh, mean, yeah. just psychologically well, it knowing needs that. to because you need to be okay, cool. You need to say, okay, I need to be aware that if, if I'm abandoned, if I have to get there on my own, I have to have those faculties about me such that I can pull do this scene very well, mm -hmm. whether I'm getting the chemistry with her or not. But the best performers are guys and women who are able to establish chemistry mm -hmm. and manufacture chemistry mm -hmm. because it is indeed, and you'll test this. There is a, a literal manufacturing of chemistry that happens in the yep. first five to ten minutes. Yeah. And if you can't do this, if you can't do that, mm -hmm. then your your tenure in the industry is going to be very very short. By comparison. Yeah, I I think like that's I consider myself someone who's like able to force that chemistry, mm. and like I think for me like that's been my I don't want to say saving grace, but mm. like that's to me that's why I'm able to enjoy porn so much because mm. like although maybe. It, it is a forced chemistry. It's not necessarily an artificial chemistry. Right, Does right. that make exactly. sense? It's certainly, yeah. You're just able to turn it on. And of yeah. course, that's different from real life. Because mm -hmm. like you said, you know, in real life, that person likes you for you. Yeah. And that's not secondary. Yeah. That's the first and foremost well, well, thing. One thing that's important to know, too, in our industry, I think <clears throat> a key element on tantamount, if not, if not paramount to attractivity, is congeniality. Mm -hmm. Every person in this industry, for I think ninety nine point nine percent of the people in this industry are actually very good people, mm -hmm. and, and, and fun people, mm -hmm. people that you can hang around with, and you would want to hang around with, and therefore, if they're because they're attractive, it's easier to want to have sex with them. So I think that that the one of the key elements is that you have to be a genuinely nice person that people like, right? And you have to like people too, but you have to have a certain likability that precedes you. For and sure. exudes from you, and from that, you can you know manufacture that chemistry. Like that, like you said, that is not artificial. It's mm -hmm. manufactured, but you know, hey, let's make it together, and mm -hmm. it's real. And I think right. that you know the best ones are those that that are congenial. I think that's a key element. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Um, so I have a bunch of um listener questions. Mm. They're specific to male performers, mm -hmm. and you are the first male performer on this show. Mm. Um, so will you answer some of them? Yep. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Uh, at Chesco Guy asks, what is a bad day for a male porn star? A bad day for a male porn star is if you fail to um, <clears throat> execute um, a scene that you could be, that you could proudly allow to be uh, released. Now, mm -hmm. the perfect example, um, about two weeks ago, I did a scene with two girls and uh, and I, and I failed, and uh, my failure really began to take place around the time we had to switch to anal. Mm -hmm. and, failing um, meaning for yeah, anyone who doesn't I was having, yeah, failing meaning uh, inability to maintain the erection strong enough to execute a scene. Mm -hmm. So that being said, second to that is is the pop shot. So if you can't even make it through the scene then okay, it becomes, well, okay, are you going to be able to produce a pop shot? Mm -hmm. But my problem was, and this is a bad day, a bad day is when you have a failure to be able to perform. Mm -hmm. and it could be a myriad of reasons. I mean, like, um, 
you know, but it happens. So that would mm-hmm. be a bad day. And the thing is, 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 is the understanding. It's so, I'm so sorry. It's mm-hmm. so crazy to, to me to like hear you say that so casually. Mm-hmm. That's actually quite rare. Like, I, I think, I guess, how would anyone know this? But like, mm-hmm. it's really rare that a man in porn can say that casually, I failed that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the porn draws an alpha male. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of machismo and yeah. testosterone and ego, for mm. sure. Like, we're entertainers. We, right. To a certain degree, that comes with the territory, mm. you know, for women, too. But it's so crazy to me to hear you, mm. like Lexington Steele, say that casually, like, oh, I feel that scene. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's really rare that um, a male performer can speak that honestly and mm. candidly about that. Mm. Like, has that always been true for you? Like, Well, well here's the thing, Matt. You know what? I've always felt that, you know, if if one wants to to assume the mantle of being a vanguard or a pioneer, or, or if you want to be the man, mm-hmm. right, <clears throat> it takes a man to be the man. Now, if I can sit up here and speak beyond reproach about aspects of the business where other people cannot and would fear doing so, based upon reprisals that would be out of their control, mm-hmm. I don't fear that. Mm-hmm. Because I don't fear that, and I, I do speak without fear of reproach, that same uh, that same confidence must include my ability to say, "Hey, mm-hmm. you also bomb." Mm-hmm. I am I am as likely to to I'm I'm, le- I'm less likely to bomb than others, right? But I am inclined. But it happens. To, to bomb. Does, yeah. Is is that and, something and that comes with time? A willingness to speak of it openly, right? Is that something barely. that comes with time? Well, let me tell you something. If a person wants to assert that they are the motherfucking man in any capacity, yeah. they need to equally be able to say, you know what? If someone says, hey, well, you, you, you failed, you have certain fallacies, mm-hmm. you have to be able to admit own that. that. Is, it, own that mm-hmm. as much as you would own. And own, embrace it, even. Embrace it. If you can puff your chest about it one thing, you can be like, yep, I took it on the chin, and I know why I failed. One of the things I really <laughs> like judge... I mean, no judging, but one of the things I really judge a male performer on is, like, the way they fail. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I've been in the business 10 years. I've seen almost, like, 80% of the dudes in the business fail, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and it's, I don't take it personal. Like, it's just whatever. Like, whatever they have going on in their yeah. life, maybe it's too hot in the room, whatever. Like, whatever the reason is, like, it happens to everyone. Yeah. And, like, there's two kinds of male performers. There's the one like you that just Mm. is like oh whatever it happened like sorry about that let's Mm. whatever reschedule or whatever and then there's the guy that like something switches in his brain and he starts blaming the girl the director um comes up with like 900 oh my um my mother passed away or like whatever like Mm -hmm. and to me it's so like whatever like i understand that you have to do whatever you have to do to like be okay with yourself i get that mm. but it's so ugly oh yeah and it's it's just so oh icky yeah well i mean you know um it's like being okay a lot i, I was an athlete um through college um you know i played you know, men's men's uh, semi-pro soccer leagues. You've had so many you know, lives. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and, you know, I played soccer in men's league all the way until I was 39. So I, I've been an athlete my whole life. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's been an athlete knows that there are certain moments that you will not, you will fail to be at your best or do great things. And mm-hmm. so that's just a part of, if you're a baseball player, 
you step into the, you step up to the plate, you may strike out. You mm-hmm. may hit a base hit. You may hit a home run. Mm-hmm. But you live to, to bat again. And as an athlete, you know that, okay, you, you, may even got, you may have got knocked out in this fight. But as long as you prepare to fight again, you'll get your chance again. Mm-hmm. So that's how, how I'm able to say, okay, it took me a while to be able to sustain my failures mm-hmm. and not bring it to me to the next scene. Mm-hmm. Because that is a problem that's going to get that that's most damning to male performance. I mean, we even see that in real life, you know, like a guy like the second a guy starts struggling, it's like that makes him struggle more and it makes him struggle more and more and more because like the the failing gets it's in his head now. And now it's like a like a vicious cycle. Well, well, I think male performers, if they're true to themselves, they know precisely why they Mm -hmm. feel now. Rarely, rarely is it the girl because if a guy wants to be in this business, he's got to be a professional, which means he needs to be able to execute with whom he has agreed mm-hmm. to shoot with. Number two, there are there are things that happen that are beyond your control that may lead to your underperformance. Mm-hmm. And you have to say, um, you either you can be the one to say, hey, this is a circumstance, it's not my fault, or either you can say, hey, you know what? I'm going to absorb this and live to fight another day. Mm-hmm. Now, now, the perfect example, um, you know, the guy that I worked for, the director that I worked for, um, I, had, I had not um, done as well from the last time I shot for him. It was mm-hmm. six months since he hired me again. And I didn't really, didn't really bother me because I, you know, I, I could, you know, it wasn't really that big of a deal to my workload. But, you know... I don't, I don't want to underperform for anybody. It's mm-hmm. a, a bad scene is a bad scene. Mm-hmm. So he gave me another shot, and, 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 and I have to say, I, I, I did not finish the scene. And, and if he hires me, if he doesn't hire me again, this, this is an account that has been lost. But, mm-hmm. um, but, um, in the, but I never told him why I had struggles. Right. Was, you know, and, and, um, because certain times you have to say, hey, you know what, um, no one forced me into this business, mm-hmm. you know. Right, so right. So it's like you know, it's like yeah, you know what? If you want to be lauded mm-hmm. as this as the man, well, then you also need to be able to take it on the chin because, unlike the re- the real world is a the real world is a UFC, the Ultimate Fighting Championship, and that is what I say. That is this because even the champions have losses on their record in the UFC. Everybody gets beat mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. Even the champions get beat mm-hmm. at some point. Right. Um, something, it, this question also kind of relates to that. I didn't even write a name down because like I get it so often, mm-hmm. um, is like when you're not attracted to the woman you're working with, mm-hmm. like do you have any tips or tricks to like... Oh, yeah. Well, make okay. it through the scene just bear in mind that the guys need to remember that their most powerful sexual organ is their brain okay and there's a number of things that you can think about that that will get you aroused in any circumstance in most circumstances um you know um but also if meaning do you go into your spank bank yeah like 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 for me for me i do things in my personal life that can that i can use as a memory that i can lean mm-hmm. on if i have an issue and in certain times, like, there are certain things I'll do in my personal life just to do to have that memory to go back on. <laughs> to, ki- to get that footage oh, in yeah. your brain. And then there's certain things, there's certain fantasies that I have 
run, scenarios that are running in my brain in a scene that I, that I would share with other people and I would not share with other people. Right. They both end up with me being able to execute the scene. So in your personal life, you may don't feel a guy should never feel the pressure that I would feel being a person that does this on camera. Mm-hmm. If you were in your personal life, just remember that you have the ultimate option to relax and step back. So if I can give any advice to a guy, relax and step back. They're not dollars or cents being weighed upon your ability mm. to have sex right now. Leave that to guys like me. Right. I take, I've taken that upon myself right. to put that kind of pressure on me. It is. You're so right. I never like thought of the difference like that, but it's true. Like on a porn set, it's true. Like we have the added pressure of like, that's like the lighting guy. Mm-hmm. He's either getting paid or not today. Yep. The location. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're taking, That's so you know, true. If you breach that hour mark. Yeah. Now that that homeowner is charging that director for Extra, the whole hour. Right. Hmm. And like I said, and that could the cameraman now maybe he gets another hour and he's being right. paid and, and it steamrolls. It like adds dominoes. up. When you put it like that, like into context like that, if I were a dude, I feel like that would be like a weight lifted off my shoulders right now. Like I'd be like, oh. It's all right. No yeah. one's day is. Yeah. No one's livelihood is depending yeah, on Yeah, like this. guys at home, like leave the pressure to the dudes <laughs> that have signed up for that pressure. Right. Because in, in your recreation, like if, if most guys said, you know what, it's, okay, I know I need to impress this woman, but hey, she is, more, let me tell you something, guys, remember, she is more inclined to give you a moment if you will deliver an, 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 an episode. Mm-hmm. Your moment pales in comparison to an episode. Mm-hmm. A sexual episode can last from one minute to an hour to what have you. Mm-hmm. But and, but you having that moment is just a moment. And she will afford you that moment if you will deliver an episode. That's really true. Wow. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, and finally, at jgolding13 asks, who gives the best BJ in the biz? And I think... For you, that's probably a really different thing because uh, I find that the guys with huge dicks often are like, I don't like, be- I don't like blowjobs. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, I, I mean, like, okay, not nah, as a guy with a larger dick. Yeah, I'm not really fond so much of, of BJ's only because most cases, you know, well, unlike with other with other guys, I, I can only speak for myself, but in most cases, when women blow me, they are looking at, at the opportunity to show that they can blow a mm-hmm. larger. Mm-hmm. A larger, um, you know, a larger dude, a larger penis. So, the, being the, the 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 person that they're they're exercising that challenge upon, sometimes using your teeth, their mm-hmm. teeth may scratch your dick, and mm-hmm. that's it's not. Some guys like that, but I don't like that. So within um, that, who would you say is like the, be- the best? Like, here's the thing, Matt. It's more so like like. And I'll take your wife out of the equation just to like avoid all awkwardness. <laughs> well, let's just say that that um, the best blowjobs are come from the people that I like looking at the most. Oh, so it's not really about again what, visual. Yeah, it's not so much about what she's doing with her mouth or my dick in her mouth or my dick in her hands near right. her it's face. It's not a sensation it's thing. Not, it's like okay, for instance, I have I have, and, and these women are the same women. They're my favorite for all sex acts mm-hmm. because they fit a particular, they're mm-hmm. in the embodiment of my fantasy for a particular woman. And that would be Naomi Banks, mm-hmm. anything she does. Um, Kiara Mia, anything she does. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking, um, you know. That's a type. 
That's for it's, sure a yeah, type. Yeah. You, and then and yourself. I, you I, well, you. I don't think I fit that type no, as no, much. No, no, no. But, but <laughs> you are, like I told you, you are my Asian fantasy. So, like when, like, when I'm. But, like, I know, look at your wife and, like, there's a type there. There's. A yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> no, you know, I mean, but I'm saying, like, when, if, if certain women are the embodiment, I'm literally, like, mm -hmm. when we're working together, it's not, and I love what you do, but I'm literally looking at this beautiful woman of Asia, of, of Asian descent. And so it's turning me on that, mm -hmm. that I'm being blown by this hot Japanese woman, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And it's a celebration of this is what a hot Japanese woman looks mm -hmm. like. And, and it really, is, believe me, it's quite effective. <laughs> with your effect on men is quite Stop. effective. And, you know what I'm saying? And like, like, you know, with Kiara, Mia, like literally, you know, I really felt that, that, um, you know, she really was the embodiment of what I liked for for a Latina woman. Mm -hmm. Certainly enough, Naomi. And then, um, but all um, the women you pick, like especially Kiara, mm -hmm. Naomi, your wife, they're yes. such like that's the kind of woman you look at and you're like, that's a woman. Yeah, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? True that. Like but, that's not a girl. Yeah, that's a woman. But, but I will give you examples of women that are that represent more of a of a, the girl mm -hmm. look and um, best in the world for that was Jenna Hayes. Mm -hmm. And Jenna Hayes was a petite girl, mm -hmm. very very slight, very beautiful, but it was it was what she would say and the tonality of her voice mm -hmm. coupled with her 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 diminutive features mm -hmm. would send them both through a brick wall. I and will say me, like, a lot of people name Jenna Hayes as the best blowjob in the business. A lot. And, but they need to tell you that it's what she would be saying while she's doing it. And right. the tone of her voice is like, man, like, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, know. to me, she's the original like queen of Gonzo. Mm. And whether that's true or not, like at the time I got into porn, mm -hmm. she was the queen of Gonzo. And that's like, for me, that's who it is. Yeah. Well, well, you know, like, you know, Lisa Ann um, has no. There's certain women that know are in, very in tune with what flicks the switch would do. Mm -hmm. And I think for I sure, think women that that are of it takes a while for women to get to that where they know. Mm -hmm. But once you guys know, I'm sure you can attest to this. Once you know how to flip a switch, you can flip a switch on any guy. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know? Pussy is power. Yeah, it is. <laughs> women is power. <laughs> women is the the power. They're women. All right, so I actually end every episode with the same 10 questions. Mm. They're from this show called Inside Actors Studio. Okay. It's somewhat of a personality test, so we'll all be judging you, but mm. um, don't give it too much thought. You don't need an explanation. Okay. okay. First question, what is your favorite word? Certainly. Oh, you do say that a lot. Because I believe in the affirmative. Oh. What is your least favorite word? broke <laughs> what <laughs> what turns you on women what turns you off betrayal what is your favorite curse word motherfucker I'm a black guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> it sounds so slick coming from you too what sound or noise do you love what sound or noise do I love um the sound of a woman sleeping. Whoa, that is a that is a very erotic answer. <laughs> well, no, because it, 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 it you know I mean it makes it brings that feelings of protectivity for as yeah. a man. No, it's you know. that's what I mean. Like it's a very primal answer, yeah. weirdly. Mm -hmm. uh, what sound or noise do you hate? 
the sound of my dogs trying to be protective when I know that they're bullies. <laughs> that they're just bullies. <laughs> <laughs> um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um... You know, I would like to have been a rock star or a musician of some sort. Do you have any, like, musical talent? No. No. I mean, I could freestyle, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, but I'm not, like, only because um, almost, you know, just through cultural identity, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I do maintain my black card, and, and mm -hmm. part of such is the ability <laughs> to freestyle at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> That so, like one of the prerequisites. That's one of the prerequisites. Like, <laughs> ask any brother, like, look, you know what? I'm gonna revoke your car unless you can drop 16 bars <laughs> off the top of the dome. So you're yeah. ready for your like 106 in Park moment. Yeah, any moment, any moment. <laughs> hand me the mic. I'll spit on it. You know, boom. But um, but no, only musician. Because, only because like, look, I, I, you know, musician, musical talent is is God given, mm -hmm. and it's one of the most tangible. And identifiably God-given talents, like the ability to sing, mm -hmm. is 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 only comes from God because it does not require an, an instrument. God gave you an instrument that is better than everybody else's. Mm -hmm. You don't need a mechanism. You're born with it, and, and I, it's and also like one. it's a talent that's like not at all subjective. Like. Everyone knows when a singer is good and everyone yeah. knows when a singer is bad. It's not like painting where it's like in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. Like like everybody knows Adele. Right. Can say is isn't that is an awesome human being at the act of singing, making music with her mouth and her voice. Other you know, there you know Whitney the, Houston. Whitney Houston. Yeah. Well, there are know. people like we objectively know to be Yeah. The best that they were put on this in this earth to do that right. they were given and, and i wish i had certain aspects like that i was given a physical attribute you with have your the, bbc yeah but i mean there's a shelf life to it you know what i'm saying and i <laughs> well, i'm at the extension say, of you could say the same thing about a musician no nah, look nah, at mariah i mean like come on nah, like she nah, can't nah. really look at patty labelle look at patty labelle right. look at aretha franklin right look at look at all these women well i guess everyone's could, different you know, yeah uh, uh bet midler Right. Um, um, uh, Barbara Streisand. Mm -hmm. These are people that, at their age, could sing as powerfully as they were when they were in their twenties. Mm -hmm. Now, Whitney Houston, um, rest in peace. Well, yeah, she had you know, like outside factors. She had issues. Mariah yeah. Carey. I don't know about her voice, although I bet Mariah can still hit that. If she can hit that, I don't that know that she can. Note, yeah, but. Her apex note now is still probably head and shoulders above right. the closest. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm Mariah forever. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. I don't care like how many bad performances she has. <laughs> like to yeah. me, she can do no wrong. Yeah. Uh, okay. What profession would you not like to do? I wouldn't want to be the president. Mm. Yeah. No. No. Because thank you. Because there's, there's a lot of responsibility, which I will be up to. With very little reward. But, but here's the thing, Matt, is like. There's some things that I'll be forced to know that I don't mm. want to know, and there's four certain decisions I would have to make that I wouldn't want to make. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't want the person to have to. I mean, I would. It would come with the territory. Yeah, it would come with the territory. And certain yeah. decisions, I'm like, man, I wish I didn't. You'd probably lose all faith in humanity. I can't imagine like a gig like that would. Like every president going in looks like young and lively, yeah. and coming out is just like yeah, my gone. God. Like, and if like, people look at Barack when he went in. <laughs> 
it was like, wow, that's a young, we have a young president. Yeah, no, he looks so But old. when he came out, he looked as old as everybody else. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he went in, uh, 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 you know, a uh, good-looking young black yeah. man. He went out an old-ass white man. Yeah. Although, what is better than those shots of Barack on vacation right after the presidency? Oh, yeah. Like, those so, were, that made co- me so happy. You know, his co- thing about his color came back. That is irrefutable. <laughs> and I'm not talking about just his skin, his skin tone, but his hair. <laughs> and and thing about it, I was like, I know it, it, he was. He's not using hair dye because hair dye will turn your hair from whatever it is to jet black. Mm-hmm. If that's the color you're putting mm-hmm. it, his hair didn't turn to jet black, but the gray dissipated. So mm-hmm. he could be using the just for men speck of gray. I don't know. You but know, I just think that he, he doesn't just, strike me as the just for men type. No, nah, it's just he came back to being. Now it was okay. It's okay to being a fifty-year-old black man, and this is how you're supposed to look. You're not supposed to look <laughs> right. like, like you know, like a foot-long ear, <laughs> right? You know that can flap away, and you're looking like the guy from uh, Blade Three. <laughs> okay, this is the final, <laughs> the final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I sent you there to do a job. You did so. Job well done. This way, please. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Um, and let's like promote your social media and like whatever movies you have coming out. All right, boom. Um, you hit me at LexSteel11 on Twitter. Lexington. Why eleven? Steel, huh? Um. Well, well, two reasons. Because you know, my my penis size. Number one, and number two, it's an homage to my fraternity, which was founded in 1911. So. Um, oh, it's a special number for you. Well, yeah, because this way there are certain identifiabilities that, that I that I drop little um, little uh, nuggets here and there about certain aspects of who I am and my personality. Mm-hmm. They're like little Easter eggs in your life. So, like, if you're a member of Omega Sci Fi, um, you'll see that eleven, and then you'll draw the correlation that I'm a member, and that might lead you to say, hey, you know, or find out whether I'm a member. So there's mm-hmm, certain mm-hmm. things that. You know, we like to hide in plain sight, if yeah. you will. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I saw certain individuals in major media, I could say or do certain things that would reveal a brother that I may have. Like, you know. Right. So, like, there's certain, I'll tweet certain things to certain people, and they'll hit me back, like, oh, no doubt. Yeah. And it's just because, like. Like, only the people who know. Who know, no, yeah. No. Like, people might wonder why I, why, whenever I tweet to Shaq or, or, or Stephen A. Smith, I'll use certain words to address them and it's really identifying them as members of my fraternity right like when i call Stephen a smith dog team it's not because i'm calling him a dog or a member of a team mm-hmm. there's a specific reason why we're called dog right team, or i will address a person as dog team right it's an inside secret it's an inside or it's an inside team. not joke, and i'm a conspiracy theorist too oh man i i can't even get into that like i need to avoid <laughs> those at all costs or I have the kind of brain that will just like not be able to function. Yo, I'm going to host me my own <laughs> flat earth theory. <laughs> are you a flat earther? I'm a flat earther. Oh my, are you really? I'm going to start having think tanks in, in, in masterminds. That's on, it, That's uh, its own episode. <laughs> oh my God. Um, all right. So I interrupted you actually. So your Twitter is at LexSteel11. Yeah. And then Instagram is Lexton.Steel. And Facebook, there's a number of people so look for, that use my name. So look for Lexington Steel Black Viking on Facebook. Look for those two words, Black Viking, next to my name. And um, uh, and also, too, um, I will be looking forward to recreating the Lexington Steel presence on Pornhub. The presence right now is, is in association with 
um, what I've done with my Evil Angel partnership. Mm -hmm. And I will be um, recreating that, uh, reflecting my new stuff from my Lexus Hill Media Group, which is a um, distribution platform I established um, that includes myself, um, my wife's production company, which is Alpha Females, and we just signed another production company um, uh, to in addition. So right now, the Lexus Hill Media Group is three deep, and uh, we'll be right now we're one release a month and we'll be fast moving to two to three releases a month awesome within the next two to three months so um so watch out for that yeah okay and if yeah. you like this podcast episode please subscribe rate and review and thanks for joining us bye peace <laughs>